Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. It's a podcast about making things up and making things happen. I love to talk to creative people, and this week I have four of them. It's kind of a Pride Month special, and I know it's Pride because I was in Target recently, and they have a lot of stuff with Pride stuff on it. And um, this is kind of a special tie into this cool thing that's happening right now from the Antias Theater Company. They're doing something called the Zip Code Plays. And each audio play is set in a different area of Los Angeles. And we're talking to four of the people behind the West Hollywood play, 90069, Brunch Interrupted. We've got the writer, Sean Abley, two of the actors, Bill Brocktrup and Parnell Damone Marcano, as well as the sound designer, Jeff Gardner. And we are got them all together to play a game of You Don't Know My Life that has to do with West Hollywood. So we're kind of learning a little about what the project is and then having some fun with them and their stories uh, involving West Hollywood. So um, stick around for that. But first, just a little plug for my games that I've been hosting. You Don't Know My Life. We've been doing virtual game nights online for people ever since COVID hit. But now we're still doing them, even though things are opening up. We did one the other night for people that were all in the same room together, and I just hosted it on the TV screen, and they all had their phones, and so it was the best of both worlds, and we've been doing them for a lot of companies that are still working remotely, so if you need something to do to bring your people together who are all apart, hit me up at youdon'tknowmylife.com. Also, if you want to kick in a little to my virtual tip jar, you can do that at dennishensley.com. It helps me pay for the podcast uh, hosting fees and things that come up like that, but... Um, that's it. All right, here we go. Here's the podcast with the four men behind Brunch Interrupted. Joining me now via Zoom, it's four of the men behind this really fun new project. It's a it's a, one part of a, a group of zip code plays, but we're doing the West Hollywood group, uh, 90069 West Hollywood. Brunch Interrupted is the name of the play. Uh, it's put together by the Antias Theater Company. And so we've got four of the people that worked on it. We've got the two actors that are the lead actors in it. Bill Brocktrop, who you probably know from NYPD Blue and Major Crimes. He's also the co-artistic director of the Antias Theater Company. Hi, Bill. Welcome to the Zoom room. Hi. Hey, and how are you? I'm so... Oh, I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. I love it. Uh, his co-star is Parnell Damone Marcano. Uh, I've seen Parnell in a lot of shows at the Celebration Theater. You might have also seen him in Greenleaf, the series, and Old Dog's New Tricks. Welcome, Parnell. Hey, Dennis. Good to see you. All right. And we've got the man who created the story that you guys are playing out, Sean Abley. He is a screenwriter and a playwright. Hi, Sean. Welcome. Hi, Dennis. It's nice to see you again. And uh, finally, we have Jeff Gardner. He is the man who brings the soundscapes to life in this thing. And uh, apparently there's, there's a lot of different zip codes you have to do because you've been doing the whole of the zip code uh, plays. And now that I've heard one, I want to hear them all. Uh, welcome, Jeff. Thank you, Dennis. I'm glad to be here. And let me just tell you, part of the, your story takes place at Joey's Cafe in West Hollywood. And your sound design, I felt like I was right there. Yay. I, I Yay, felt like I was going to have a turkey burger set in front of me at any second. Oh, that makes me so happy. <laughs> right? And aren't we glad that Joey's made it through the rain? <laughs> yes. didn't make it. But right? did Gold, Gold Coast didn't make it though, right? Did they right. close their doors down recently? They did. I actually included Gold Coast because I knew that they had closed. And I wanted oh. to keep them alive. <laughs> you wanted to keep them alive. Gold Coast is a bar in West Hollywood where uh, a, a, the first half probably of the piece is set. And it is no longer, it didn't make it through the rain. 
It didn't. All those those parking lot red dress parties are over. I'm so I sad. No, but you're keeping them alive in your place. So we're going to play the game You Don't Know My Life together in a bit. But first, I want to get a little of the backstory. Sean, you wrote the story, Brunch Interrupted. Uh, tell us what inspired you to tell that particular story about West Hollywood. Sure. So um, I lived in West Hollywood for a long time. I don't right now, but I did for 10 years. And i watched West Hollywood basically be sold to the highest bidder and, and gay owned businesses going out of business and being replaced by just sort of generic stuff. And I just, I've always thought that was sad. And so when the opportunity came up to write this radio play for Antius and they're like, pick a, pick a zip code. I was like, West Hollywood. Absolutely. Let's get some queer, you know, radio theater up in here. Uh, So that was my first thought, but then, you know, everything that happened last summer and our sort of eyes being opened to what it means, what, what race means in this country. And I thought, let's see what race means in the gay community in a city that's sort of built on white gay privilege. So that's where it came. It's funnier than that sounds, (laughs) (laughs) but that's, but that's where I was, that's where I decided to, you know, to take it when given the opportunity. But you really captured the current, the the current moment. You have a a quote unquote Karen in the piece but yeah. it's that feeling of your eyes are open to one thing and you're very indignant and you get it now. And then somebody goes, but what about this? And you're like, oh, oh, I, you know, like we're, all, we're like, I never thought of that. Like, it's like these awkward phases in the middle of becoming more aware of things, right? And people, yeah. I mean, you know, even with our closest friends, right? We're just, you, we, we've had this whole year of being sort of trapped in our apartments and being able to be very contemplative and, and things have bubbled up that need to be righted. And sometimes the tough job of that is between, you know, the closest friends or couples, that kind of thing. So um, yeah, I'm certainly going through that myself. And I find that the best stuff that I write is comes from personal experience. And so I just sort of poured it out into this piece. I love it. Um, Bill, talk to me about your role in creating the the the, uh, the overall series as the co-artistic director. Where did that come from? Uh, well, uh, yes, we, I run the NTS Theater Company. I'm the artistic director there. And we were looking for something to do, obviously, while theaters are shut down during this pandemic. And we were like, you know, there are a lot of um, uh, ideas about how to keep things going. But what appealed to me was the idea of uh, audio plays because I love podcasts. I love um that intimate feeling that you get. And I thought it was uh, mirrored the intimate stage that we have at our regular home in Glendale. Our theater is located at the Kiki and David Gindler Performing Arts Center in Glendale. Nice. And um, we also, we have a Playwrights Lab of which Sean is one of the premier members. And so we thought, let's task the um, playwrights with writing something that speaks to community. Because I think that's what people were missing during this pandemic and coming together in the theater was a feeling of community. And so we thought, let's look at Los Angeles and pick different zip codes. It's so, so much diversity uh, in every way across this broad area. And um, so we just asked playwrights to come up with a zip code that appealed to them and um, write a 30-minute original play. We um, have actors in them. And Jeff Gardner, our brilliant sound designer, uh, an audio producer, figured out how to put together kits uh, with the uh, microphones in them. And we delivered them to uh, actors' homes. Wow. And then we, we recorded it all together. Um, for example, I've never met Parnell in real life, even though we're married in the, uh, right. <laughs> in the show. Uh, we record them. Jeff puts them together, and I'm sure he'd love to tell you how he does that because it's magic, and I have no idea how he accomplishes it. And then we, re- we released them, and we did a, a one season, uh, first season, um, 
went really well. We were able to reach all kinds of people who were never able to come to the theater for every kind of reason. They're, they're fr- the, the, uh, the plays are free to download on any place you get your podcast. So there's no uh, cost barrier. There's no geographical barrier. Um, people can, there's no transportation or childcare or, or schedule. You don't have to park. Issue. You don't have to park. <laughs> so you can listen to them. And um, we, did, we did so well that we've just released um, uh, season two. And we, so we have plays about uh, Echo Park, West Hollywood, Inglewood, Pacoima, North Hollywood, and Monterey Park. I love it. So what should people look for if there's, if there's searching? Zip Code is the title? Yeah, you can find them at, on Spotify or anywhere, Apple, anywhere you get your podcast, Zip Code Plays. Awesome. And you can also find them at the NTS website, um, antaeus.org. Um, yeah. And so they're also available there. Uh, talk to me about your character. He's a little persnickety. <laughs> um, yeah, he's, he, he, he gets, uh, he gets, he, he learns a little bit of a lesson. And I think that that's what's so fun about Sean's writing. Uh, I, I was very excited, uh, by the idea of playing this part because there's a full journey in this little piece and it's very funny. So, yeah. it, uh, uh, and uncomfortable, funny and uncomfortable. And I think that that's a great combination. Yeah. Fun, comfortable. That, that's uncomfortable. Sound comfortable. <laughs> Um, Parnell, what appealed to you about this piece and your character? Well, um, first that, that, that Sean had written it, that Michael Shepard directed it, and that I got a chance to act with Bill. I'm like, oh, my God, that's amazing. <laughs> and once I read the script, I thought that, I was like, wow, this is so timely. As Sean was saying, you know, what our country, well, the world went through this past year, you know, in coming to terms with... Um, racism, um, not only here, but world round, um, that is ha- it really is something that we have to face. And to see that this interracial couple, it's still a subject that they have to talk about and, and have those uncomfortable conversations, you know, and um, I don't want, you know, without giving anything away, it's, it's, it's kind of those things where individually, where we think that we have addressed racism and that we say it's wrong, but still, I think uh, there there are a lot of things that happen to people of color that white people don't experience and never yeah. think about. I was like, oh, I didn't even think about that. And so of course, right. you, because it never happens to you. And and so when he says this, do you never think about how I feel about this, or that I might like to go and do some stuff in the black community, but we're always here in predominantly white West Hollywood. Yeah. Which, as a black gay man, I get it. There is that thing where like okay, I feel I can be very comfortable being myself here in this gay city. But what I, I live in Baldwin Hills. Right. And, and it's very interesting because I have seen, especially younger gay couples, that I will see like at the Ralphs, walking down the aisle, holding hands. And and it's, it's, it's kind of, I'm, as a man of a certain age, I'm glad that we have paved the way for these 20-somethings to be able to do that. Right. Because I see older gay couples and we're just like, we can tell that we're gay couples, but we don't do these right. PDA in the grocery store. So I'm like, part of me is like, ah, I think I'm going to be okay. But nobody bothers them. Right. Nobody says anything. They're not attacked. And I'm like, so we've done something good. Right, exactly. You see where all of that stuff that came before has paid yeah. off. Um, Sean, there's one little detail in, this, in the piece that I find so funny that I want to bring up. They have uh, two friends named Lakeisha who are a couple. <laughs> And then you call them the Lakeisha? Like, is that the name? Am I getting it right? Yes. It's Lakeisha and Lakeisha. And yeah. it's 
Lakeisha with a K and Lakeisha with a Q, and collectively known as the Lakeisha. <laughs> I love it. One of the things that Parnell's character brings up to Bill is that we never go visit them. They always come to us. Well, our place is nicer, and it's, the, it's what you were talking about in those themes, and all, all of those things that you never quite think of, and you handle it with a lot of humor. Um, Sean, talk to me about the, the third member of the cast who wasn't able to join us today, but she's dynamite. Angie Bird, if you've ever seen Angie Bird perform ever, you are instantly in her fan club. Like she is, I, you know, I'm like Bill said, I'm part of the play, of the Antius Playwrights Lab, and she is a member of the company. And so I've written numerous things for her. And she's just, I don't know, she's just one of the best actors I've ever worked with, quite frankly. I mean, just, and, and so when I wrote this, she was in my, her voice was in my head when I, when I read it. She really gets beyond the Karen of it all to create a fully rounded character that comes through just in yeah. her voice. Like, I yeah. just, she's, so, she's so great. Collaborating with the actors, I will tell you, and, and um, the director, it was really nice to work with people who understood my goal to not make anybody the, like, broad strokes villain or broad strokes, you know, hero. Right. And, you know, the, like people are complicated and there's nuance in it. And I was really happy that not only the actors helped me with that, but like Bill as the artistic director was like, yes, that is exactly what we want. I love it. Jeff, talk to me about how you did this technically, because when you were saying somebody, you were saying that you sent out kits to everyone. That sounds like something you do if you're a Netflix show. Uh, you know what I mean? Like that sounds expensive and uh, complicated, but for, for like a, a smaller theater company. So how did you do it? Well, we knew we wanted to have uh, the actors record safely in their homes. And so right. we wanted a uniform sound. Right. So I, I figured out a way that hopefully people would be mostly plug and play. Maybe most people have a, a laptop with a USB port. So behind me is the, the kit. And it's this isolation shield with the mic. You've got a, a USB mic in there and the cable and the headphones. And everybody had the same kit. We had how-to videos to help set it up. Wow. And any problems they needed along the way, I was only a phone call away. So we could get them up and running in no time and that they could all hear each other because there's no zoom for the recording. Right. So they're all hearing each other and being able to record over uh, a browser called clean feed. I love it. And they're doing it simultaneously, like in the, simultaneously. Like they're in the scene. That's so important. And it comes across. Um, talk to me. How long does it take to do the sound design on say one episode like this? Uh, I give myself actually, I give myself a usually about a month and a half to two months for the entire season. So if you figure from the very last show that we record, right, I have about a month and a half to two months to edit. We have an editor. His name's Diego Tapia. He right. will edit the takes together, take out the flubs, make sure it's all sounding good before it then comes to me for the design. So. Each show is probably about a good week to a week and a half to design and mix and make sure that it sounds right for, for the stream. Well, the work pays off. It's really professional and wonderful, and it just puts you right there. So we're going to play a game now, a round of You Don't Know My Life. How this game works is a, a question is posed to everybody playing. Everybody submits an answer on their phone. We reveal the answers and then take turns guessing who said what. And the question that I came up with for this particular thing What's something you've seen or experienced where you thought only in West Hollywood? Will we be elucidating on these once, they're, once it's yes. revealed? Yes, yeah, we will elucidate. So don't feel like you have to tell the whole story. You can 
get the, the gist and then we expound. You don't know my life. Okay, so we've all submitted our answers. The question is, what's something you've experienced or witnessed where you thought only in West Hollywood? Which ties in nicely to the theme of your play, West Hollywood Brunch Interrupted. Okay, here are the five answers in random order. Restaurant with an all-trans staff. Nice. Okay, so the box underneath, we as a collective, come up with a hashtag to help us remember this. There's no points involved. It's just a labeling device, but it, we can have some fun with it. So uh, throw out any ideas you have, like... Um, hashtag all-trans staff, something all like trans that. All-trans staff. That's perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Great, Sean. Great. Shelly Winters and Skippy Lowe eating on the Silverstone <laughs> patio. Oh. Yeah. Um, Lost Winters. <laughs> yeah, yes, winters, winters, winters of my discontent. <laughs> yes, that's good because we're a classical theater company, you know. So, okay, yeah, my discontent, nice please. Yes, I just realized that discontent. The first five letters are disco. Right. That's, oh, I like it better. I like kind of like winters of my disco. <laughs> winters of my. We're gonna do this. We're inventing a thing. Winners of my disco tent. Disco tent. All right. Oh, yeah. Nice. Next up. A neighbor knocked on my door, and when I opened it, he was standing there with his pants unbuttoned and his shirt open. He asked if I had any poppers he could borrow, and I did. My door was <laughs> outward facing, not inside an apartment building. So just a random hello, knock. It's like the cup of sugar from an old episode of, you know, Bewitch or something. Okay. Hashtag a friend in need. A friend in need. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. okay. And I did is my favorite part of that. <laughs> yeah. I did. I know, right? I did. Okay. I was producing an event at the Here Lounge, and I wanted to give the bartenders T-shirts to match the event. I asked the manager what size I should get, like medium or large, and a flash of panic appeared, and he said, oh, no, small. So I ordered smalls, and crisis was averted. <laughs> <laughs> um, a gay bar, small shirts. Everybody looks like they shopped yeah. the yet. Right. Big, how about big bar, small shirts? Yes. <laughs> okay. Next up. Quite frequently, there is a Rubenesque man riding a bicycle in a peekaboo lacy bra and thong set. Every time I say only in WeHo. I like that. I like the biking. First of all, mm-hmm. very environmental. Um, uh, pedal, pedal pusher. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh well, that's nice. All right. So we got five answers. We got five hashtags, and now the guessing starts. Mm. Sean, we're going to start with you. Okay. Pick any answer, and then say who you think it is. So you might say, "I think a friend in need is Jeff," or "I think pedal pusher mm. is Bill." And right. uh, after you say that, I'll explain what happens next. Okay. I think that I feel like Shelly Winters and Skip Elo eating on the at Silverstone patio. I, I think I might be Bill. Okay, so Bill, if that is correct, you say yes, Sean. You know my life, and Sean gets a point. But if that's wrong, you have to say the name of the game. You don't know my life with as much indignation as you may be feeling in the moment. So, Bill, are you uh, Winters of my disco tent? I am indeed. That is you. All right. So Sean, yes, yes, yes. And we get to hear a little more about that. Like I used to hear legends that they went there, but I don't think I ever saw them. Well, I lived on um, 
Uh, oh my God, I so miss the Silver Spoon. I mean, that oh, really was my place. I, mean, I lived in the building literally, literally right behind it, like okay. literally right behind it uh, for about 10 years. And so I was at Silver Spoon all the time. Yeah, for those and who yes, never experienced it, Silver Spoon was a classic oh. old school diner right there in the heart of WeHo. Yeah, and, and you know, Naga Hyde there. booths, and you could stay there all day. The waiters knew your order. Um, and yes, you would, I would often see Shelley Winters, uh, Robert Forster, uh, uh, all, um, Rip Taylor, all, 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 all kinds of wonderful people would hang out there. Um, and, uh, and you just could sit there all day. There was a table full of old character actors that used to come in all the time and just sit there. I loved them because I, once I heard it say, like the guy say, ah, my agent just can't get me in. And I thought, oh, it never changes. It never changes. <laughs> this is my future. <laughs> I, mean, I need to move. Oh, yeah. We're all moving Lowe. eventually to that booth. That was my thought. <laughs> right. <laughs> Skippy Lowe it was like an empresario, right? Or an, what was his deal? Oh, yeah. Um, well, he had a, a, you know, like a cable access talk show where he would interview old right. celebrities and movie stars from the, from the past. And uh, he lived around the corner. I'd often see him walking the streets around there. And uh, he was actually a very sweet man. Um, so I miss that entire place, the staff, the, the, the food wasn't very good, but who cares? Right. Exactly. It was all about the vibe. All right. So that was Sean's turn. We're going to move to Jeff. Now you get to pick any hashtag and who you think it is. Uh, let's look at the big bar, small shirts. Yep. And I'm going to say maybe Parnell. Parnell, are you big bar, big bar, small shirts? Oh, Jeff. You don't know my life. Okay. <laughs> so try to keep track of the incorrect guesses so you don't guess the same thing. Thanks. All right, Parnell, pick any hashtag and who you think it is. Um, I'm going to go with a friend in need. Nice. And I think that's Sean. Sean, are you a friend in need? I am indeed a friend in need. <laughs> oh, I love that. And you also did a little uh, sneaky thing where you said that you appreciated the and I did part of the story as though you'd never heard it before. That was a smart little decoy, but it didn't quite work. So tell the story. This is hilarious. So I, my, the apartment building lived and had eight units, but all of our doors were facing outside. And mine, it was sort of like an upside down pyramid. So my door was where everybody passed it to get out of their apartment and down the stairs. And one day I just knock on the door and people didn't really knock on my door. And I opened it. It was a very hot upstairs neighbor. He was literally like sweating. Like you wouldn't believe shirt completely open the top buttons of his pants. And he's like, do you have any poppers? And it's like, you said, I thought in my head, it was like, is this the gay cup of sugar? Is that what's this? this? <laughs> and here's the thing, not to get too into my life. Cause I don't want you to know, all of my life, but I, at the time, was not using poppers, but I had just been given some for my birthday. And so just, like, randomly, like, some stupid thing. And so I, I took a second. I was like, I do. I do have poppers for you. And, well, the story is longer and actually more sorted, quite frankly. <laughs> I made the mistake. We're fine. It's a Sunday. We don't got we Feel free. Okay. So I, I made the mistake. I really, I mean, this really gets a little X-rated. Am I allowed to like? Yeah, tell what else? If you're comfortable, I don't. Yeah, it's I am. I am because it wasn't me. Uh, so <laughs> uh, I turned my back to go get them, and then I turned around, and he was in my apartment, and he's like, "Are you into leather?" And I'm like, "Not really." Here's the poppers, and he's like, "Okay, can I use your bathroom?" 
I'm like, sure. Like, I'm so like, what's happening? So he goes behind me to go into my bathroom. And then I was like, oh, wait. And I turn around. He's not in the bathroom. He's in my bedroom. And so I go to my bedroom and he is now naked in my bed. And you know, those moments where you're like, you have a million choices and they fit through your head and like you pick one and once in a million, it's the exact right choice. At that moment, I remembered my friends had also got me my first digital camera. And so, you know, you're a filmmaker, right? So I said, can I take a picture? (laughs) And he's like, sure. And so I went and got a camera. I took a picture of this guy naked in my bed. Then I'm like, now I'm thinking, okay, I got to get this guy out of here. He's obviously probably on some drugs. So I'm like, dude, you've been here for hours. You got to get out. It's time for you to get out. Cause I was hoping that like crazy party drugs made time go away. Right. And so it's like, okay. And so I head out of the bedroom to like lead him out. And then I turn around and he's in my bathroom. And then I had to like get him out of my bathroom and get him out of the house. Long story short, I then wrote all that up on live journal. I was on live journal at the time and included the picture with a bar across his eyes. Nice. And I was kind of like internet famous for about a week. It was like the early days of things going viral. And that story like circulated everywhere. I, That's my favorite hilarious. part I think is that you tried to trick him about time. <laughs> no. like, we've, this has been a wonderful weekend with you, but I think you know, we're work tomorrow. Right. <laughs> I, re- I really did not try to have sex with the guy. I yeah. promise. I was like, this, I, this is for my diary, not for... How well did you know him going in? Like, was he just somebody you would see in the building? Or did you kind of you know, know him a little bit? I lived in the building for 10 years, so we would see each other and, you know, to, like, nod, basically. Yeah. But right. let me tell you, after that day, every time I saw that guy, he, like, scooted out of my way. And I couldn't... I also didn't know if he remembered I took a picture or not, but... Oh, right. So afterwards, he was awkward with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, Parnell, welcome. Do you think, what if he watches this show? He'll be great. I know. I know. It'll bring it all. He, he's like, I hope that live journal goes away, and now we're bringing it all back. Also, that could be a sequel to this radio play for next time. All right. Bill, it is your guess. There are three left. Um, you're looking for Jeff, Parnell, or my answer. Well, since Parnell said, um, you know, strategically, since Parnell said no to big bar, small shirts, and Jeff is the straight man in the group. I think maybe did not produce that. I'm going to say, Dennis, you are big bar, small shirts. You would be correct in big bar, small shirts. I was doing uh, a launch party for my book screening party, and I had different movie stuff on T-shirts, right? And Here Lounge was going to host the event, and the whole time setting it up, they were very kind of indifferent or yeah it'll be fine or whatever like nothing got a rise out of them they weren't dis- difficult but it was kind of like you know show a little energy like it was a little like i hope this comes off okay and then one of my last questions was like well i'm gonna get the uh shirts for the bartenders that that say the have the cover or whatever on it and i was thinking like should i get mediums larges or what he goes oh, no no you got to get small like it was the only <laughs> The question in the whole planning that got a, any kind of rise out of him. And it was like, if I had showed up with mediums or larges, I think it would have been a disaster. It would have been a bunch of pouty bartenders. Um, so <laughs> were ordered and crisis was averted. Averted. 
and, and God rest nice. your lounge. Another. It's wait. Is it there? No. What is it now? Did you just say here lounge? Is it there? Yeah, it's another part <laughs> of the Abbey now. What is it now? Um, I think it got absorbed by the Abbey, right? right. As so many things do, right? Yeah. An Abbey's like <laughs> an amoeba that that um, ever growing that goes yeah. everywhere. All right, so now it is my turn to guess. Jeff, are you the pedal pusher? You don't know my life. Oh, shit. <laughs> all right, all right. I should have gone with my first instinct. All right, Sean, take us home. You're probably going to get this next one right. Ah, I just, oh, mmm. Carnell, <laughs> <laughs> are you the pedal pusher? Carnell, are you the oh, pedal pusher? Don, you know my life. Well yeah. done. I love that you threw in Rubenesque in there, Parnell. <laughs> yes. I like it. That was good. Parnell, um, just you see it every every time, like a f- multiple times. Like, quite frequently, there's this guy who, who is quite Rubenesque, and he's got like this long, flowing kind of dark blonde hair, and he'll just be on his little bike on the streets in West Hollywood. And I'm like, only in WeHo. Right. <laughs> I, also, it seems kind of like a San Francisco thing because I think they have their nude people that walk around too. Yes, I'm glad that LA is keeping up. You know that is that is not sort of ceding that territory to San Fran. Right. Um, I I love that that at the exercise. Like he must be like I just I love to do this. I'm going to do this every every day. And I think um, the first time I saw it is like what in the hell is going on? Yeah. <laughs> It's just kind of, oh, there's that guy. Oh, I love it. Um, so, Jeff, tell us about the restaurant. Which restaurant is this? That's a good question. It was several years ago. Maybe you can help me with this. Um, it's where the um, Trader Joe's is now in that big lot. And that, <gasps> I think this was 15, 20 years ago. I thought it started with a P. My first thing was like, was it Pioneer? Was it something called like P, uh, like a like almost like a pirate name? Anyways, I walked in, I was a teenager, and I just remember overhearing as I'm looking around, I overheard the hostess saying how they prided themselves on an all-trans staff. Love it. And sure enough, I looked around, and I was just so excited to be there. I'm a teenager in West Hollywood, living in West Covina, so, you know, this is like adventure for me. And I can't remember the name of the restaurant. I don't know if any of you remember that. I I saw Sean hold his hand up. Do you know it? Sure do. It was called Yukon Mining Company. Yes, you're so good. Thank you, Sean. That's it. When it closed, actually, a lot of the staff from Yukon Mining Company moved over to Silverstone. (laughs) Now where are they? I don't think so. No. This is the the theme that you get out in your in your piece, which is that things are changing. Yeah. The silver spoon broke my heart. I also ate there like three times a week and would listen to like Dick Miller talking to, you know, Sally Kirkland and that kind of thing. Oh, Oh, I forgot Sally Kirkland, of course. If you're at Yukon mining company, I forgot all about. Wow. Yeah. yeah. We used to go there too. We used to go there late and we would, we would get there right when, the transgender prostitutes and their pimps were like, that's what it like was. he would, the pimp would like feed them all. Like they'd all be at one big table and then they'd be like mm. sent out to like uh, go to work go because to work. just down the street was the car wash where Eddie Murphy picked, picked up the transgender prostitutes. Mm. Um, and that was sort of the hub for all that at the time, sex workers. I just thought it was- And now it's a Trader Joe's. Yeah. yeah. Trader Joe's. I mean, it's Trader Joe's. I feel like a walking tour needs to be put together. Oh, yes. um, oh yeah. 
you guys, thank you so much for diving in and playing a game. It was fun to hear your story. I think Sean might have won because he got to go first. Let, let me see. Uh, where's my score thing? Sean is yeah, a winner. Sean got three. Wow. Well done, Sean. Zero. Uh, you know, it's one of those few times where a writer actually wins in Hollywood. So I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, so just to get back to your piece, I really enjoyed it. I, I think everyone should go to the zip code plays and, and, and listen to... Uh, West Hollywood Brunch Interrupted and listen to the whole series. And to wrap it up, I would love to hear from each of you what it meant to you during the pandemic to have this project. What did it, what did it do for you personally? Um, I'm going to go down the row in the way I'm seeing you in the Zoom window. Parnell, what, was it, what did it mean to you to, to be a part of this? Um, it, it was just a wonderful opportunity to, because I've never done a radio play before. Right. Um, so it, it was just a, a great opportunity to flex my acting muscles and, and be part of an original work. Um, it, and it was just kind of like, you know, as we've been so isolated, it's like, ah, people, the voices and the people and the people and the voices and the people. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right. Bill, uh, what did it mean to you? Well, I'm just so proud of this entire project. Um, ah. it, it, uh, to, uh, Producing these two seasons has been uh, a, a treat because we've got to hear from so many wonderful writers. We've got to employ so many wonderful actors and directors. And Jeff, we have, oh, we should mention too, we have Ramon Campo is our uh, host for the whole series. And Ella Mandel writes original music for the entire series. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the fact that during the pandemic, we've been able to keep people employed, keep people working and put out um, a product that speaks to uh, Los Angeles. Uh, and when you listen to them all together, it starts to give a whole f- picture of how Los Angeles works as a whole. And I'm, I'm just extremely proud of it. Yeah, it's a class act. It's really beautifully realized. And I look forward to listening to a lot more of them. Uh, Jeff, you. you've, had a, you've had your hands full with it, I take it. I, I'm so grateful for the work. But I, I think the fact that this is a medium that's become so popular for uh, so many companies right now, I think the fact that we're able to continue telling stories uh, during the pandemic means everything. And I'm a big lover of, of radio theater. Uh, I do Foley for LA Theater Works. Um, and I just know how much power that this, this medium has. And I'm so grateful that we're able to, to still do this. Yeah. I, it, it brings up to me, there's a, I think there's a number of things that we all went to during the pandemic because we had to, but I think they'll live on in a way or that we'll find ways would you guys say you'd find ways to do something like this, even if you're doing them on stage as well? Or it seems like there's things. Uh, I think we're going to continue doing some more uh, podcasting audio plays. uh, In addition to when we can go back in real life. Uh, My intention is to continue doing some more, some more of this. I think there's a lot of that that people are like, I'm going to keep doing that thing and Mm -hmm. this other stuff. Um, Sean, what, what did it mean to you to be able to, to create this during this time? Well, I, it's not a secret that the pandemic was just terrible for theater makers, like live performance and everything. It just brought it to a screeching halt. And as much as we may do with Zoom, I just really feel like Zoom theater is kind of death, quite frankly, because it just reminds you you're not doing theater. Right. So to have a chance to write something for the medium, like it, it was a radio play. It was to be performed. It was to be listened to. And it wasn't, you know, second, it wasn't our second choice to, to produce it. That was the best. But also just having the chance after, you know, the awakening of 2020 to put my mind, the money where my mouth is as far as being an artist and addressing what I can do as a white theater maker to do my tiny, tiny part 
um, to make it, to broaden the horizon of what it means to, to do theater. That was, I think, the, my favorite part of this whole thing. I love it. Well, I just had an idea that I think I might do is go to each zip code and like find a little coffee lunch place or whatever and listen to each one in the place. Well, you you can go to Joey's. You can literally go to places. Yeah, to the Joey's. <laughs> I can go to Joey's. Well, I, I, feel like I'm, I feel like I'm on constant promotion duty here, but um, we do have additional programming surrounding each of the zip code plays, and we have done tours of each area. We've chosen six or so uh, historic spots in each zip code and recorded um, uh, tours of those, which you can either do virtually or in person uh, with an actor reading, like when you go on a museum audio tour or something, telling you about oh, the place. You, you did that. Yeah. And we have um, uh, hooked up with businesses in each in each uh, zip code, uh, like coffee houses, and exactly exactly what you're talking about. Uh, the first seasons are up, and this, uh, the the uh, audio tours for season two will be coming up in a couple of weeks. So I you can it. do the first group. Do they find them at the the Antius web? web yeah, website? it's all on our website. Yeah. And what's that yeah. web address? Uh, Antius.org. Um, A-N-T-A-E-U-S. Oh, look, here is a little. Look, I'm like very promotional. You're showing it. Uh, A-N-T-E. Yeah. Where does that word come from? Uh, it's the name of a Greek titan who um, gained his strength by keeping his feet firmly planted on the ground. Uh, eventually, Hercules picked him up and then he, you know, lost his strength. The idea is that the actors here are kind of rooted in uh, classical theater work that, uh, that we all love. I love that. All right. Well, you guys have created something really special. Thank you for playing the game. I think everyone should listen to this one and all of the other episodes. And hopefully I'll see you out and about, maybe not at the Silver Spoon, but I wish. But somewhere. <laughs> Thanks again to the gentleman behind Brunch Interrupted. Check out their play. It's really entertaining to listen to, and it puts you right there in the middle of the action. And it speaks so much to, uh, to everything that we've sort of got going on in the culture right now. It's, it's really... Uh, fun in that way. All right, so this happened. Actually, it's happening. In a couple of hours, I am going to see In the Heights with a group of folks. Um, I was able to get a theater through AMC. You can reserve a theater just for yourself for a certain amount and bring like 20 people. And so we're going to go see In the Heights. And by In the Heights, I mean In the Heights. I don't know why I said the. It doesn't make any sense. Um, but I've had In the Heights on my vision board for like a year and a half of like something I want to see. And it was kind of like the, that was the movie to survive the pandemic to see and looks it's happening. But um, you can you can bring 20 people. Right. And when I reached out to, to folks to start to, to invite people, um, somebody wrote back. Yes. And then number one. So I was like, great, they're in. Well, it turns out they meant plus one. And so I was short a ticket and I was like having anxiety about it. Like, okay, are we going to buy a ticket to a different screening and then just sneak in or maybe just try to sneak in 21 people? Do they even care? What if they kick us all out? What's like, I was going that place in my head. And luckily somebody got so drunk at gay night at, at Dodger stadium that they just texted me and they're too hungover. And it was the best news I'd gotten in weeks. Um, <laughs> so all is good. I'm so excited to see this movie. I might even wear a hat. I have a cute little hat, but it's not very... Maybe it's more Cuban than, like, Washington Heights, but it feels like something Lin-Manuel Miranda might wear. So I might rock a cute hat. I don't know. Is that bad? Should I? Would I get canceled? If I wear a cute hat, will I get canceled? 
these are the questions we have to answer. I mean, if, if it can happen Chris, to Chrissy Teigen, I think it can happen to any of us. Um, also, here's the pride thing I was going to mention. Uh, I remembered. Um, I want to do a puzzle because I like, I've been doing puzzles ever since COVID hit. And I was thinking, I'll get one with a fun pride design. That'll be my puzzle thing. There are no cute pride puzzles anywhere. So I bought one that's just uh, matchbox toy cars, but they're in a rainbow. Like, so they have a bunch of blue cars that go into red cars. You get the idea. It's not pridey at all, but it feels pridey, and I can stand to look at it, which is what is more than I can say for everything else I Google searched. So maybe next year I'll come up with a pride puzzle. I don't know. It just feels like there's a hole there. All right, that's it. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time on Dennis Anyone. Bye.